Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser. And me, Bill. Hello. The Dead Air Crew. The Dead Air Crew. <laughs> the Mean Street Posse. This is Josh. No, no, and this is Joe. This and we're is the Adam. twins. <laughs> our, our powers combined. Invited <laughs> him. Oh. Don't worry, guys. I'm opening my third can of wine. Let's get oh, this on air. I'm sorry. This is Neil. My bad. <laughs> hey, Neil. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we're here for another music tournament. This time, um, Nick, was it your idea to do the soundtrack or Bill? I can't remember. I think it was Bill. Yeah, it was my idea. It was Bill. Yeah. <laughs> to do so songs. It has a different element. Movies. So, yeah, it's songs for movies, but also it's not things pulled from the soundtrack what it is is songs and how well they are incorporated into the movie in which they appear so per se if your song was unchained melody the actual nomination is not the song unchained melody it is the top gun scene the pottery scene where patrick swayze and demi moore are <laughs> and then they screw it all up with their sex scene so, there was a nice little piece that went to waste for what? Nothing. So that's what the nomination is. There we go. And we t- we're going to do two, p- two different parts. The first part today will be, we did another bracket. Um, and so this is one through 16. I guess eight different matchups. And then we'll, we'll get a winner of, of this first half. And we'll pit it against the winner of the second half. Yeah. Uh, parts one and two for this first tournament can be found on YouTube under the Pull Apart Soundtrack Tournament number one playlist. And guys, you ready to get going? Yeah. Let's do it. Sure. All right. So, Bill, I was wondering before we do really quick, was there anything in particular that inspired this idea? I quite. It was. It was just kind of mashing up <clears throat> what we've done already. I mean, we did the song tournament in. We've been talking movies, and I thought, well, I mean, there's movies that feature songs in them and use it in a wonderful way or uh, original compositions for that movie that are just as great. And I thought, uh, just just mash up the two things we've been talking about, music and movies. So it seemed like a, a logical jump to go there. All right, cool. All right. All right. So I've got the tournament pulled up. We'll just go... I'm I'm not entirely sure I remember who all was who, so just jump in if it's you. But the first yeah. song is The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash, featured 
and the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and that's that, fine. That was... I'll take your questions. Is it a virus? We don't know. How does it spread? Is it airborne? Airborne is a possibility. We don't know. Is this an international health hazard or a military concern? Both. Are these people alive or dead? Hold them down! We don't know. Is that true? There's a man going around taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody will be treated all the same. There'll be a golden letter reaching down. When the man comes around. Versus... Uh, somebody as legendary, DMX, with X gone, <laughs> give it to you, featured in Deadpool, which was me, Joe. Time to make the chimmy fucking chongas. Not often a dude ruins your face, skull stomps your sanity, grabs your future baby mama, and personally sees to four of your five shittiest moments. Let's just say. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Exco, give it to you. Fuck, wait for you to get it on your own. Exco, deliver to you. Knock, knock. Open up the door to spread. With the non-stop pop out from stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart. Hey, where's your duffel bag? Oh, nice. Well, 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 we meet again in the first round. I know. I texted Josh today and I said, I'm really not looking forward to getting kicked out in the first round with Deadpool. Oh, you Don the Dead nut huggers. <laughs> Hillbilly I mean, Moon Explosion, baby. That's all it is. <laughs> it is one of our most mentioned movies on this podcast. It really is. Even though Night of the Living Dead is far superior. All right. Yeah. Good thing it's not up against Night of the yeah. Living Dead. It's up N- against Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> name a song from Night of the Living Dead, Joseph. Um, uh, okay. Phil, <laughs> you want to talk about, about your pick? Yeah. So, um, this and just briefly um one of the things i love about soundtracks in specifically horror movies is when they will throw in a song that doesn't necessarily fit um and i'll talk about this more for my twilight zone pick with like the horror genre now this song like essentially being about the end of the world fits beautifully for a zombie movie and um this this movie's probably my favorite zombie movie of all time just because of how it beat my expectations for it. Cause I was really hesitant about a remake of such a classic, the classic Romero movie, but the way they pulled this movie off, I thought it was this freaking excellent. So the beginning scene of this movie has to be the best out of all of them. I would say, because it's so, insane on how quick it happens and then with this song kicking in interspersed with the newscasts and the you know the conference talking about like are they alive or dead we don't know and then the song kicks in and it's showing all the zombies just everything going to hell intermixed with that song it just is a perfect fit um for for the tone of the movie and the tone of the song just matched beautifully with each other and it was so unexpected i remember seeing it in theaters and just being blown away by this intro 
and it has stuck with me ever since. Um, I just love the use of the song and like the clips that they use to start out the film. And it really sets a good tone for the whole movie because it goes all the way through. And, you know, and I can't remember if 28 Days Later came out before or after this. And we can get into the nerd discussion if like 28 Days Later, are those technically zombies or not? But, you know, I'm kind of going off on the movie a little bit. But, you know, the fact that they had fast running zombies, you know, and that's kind of like the joke with, you know, Zombieland, like working on cardio uh, made this movie even better. So I know it's more about the movie than the song, but I just loved the pairing of the clips that they used to, to start out the movie with that song. All right. Joseph. And it's freaking Johnny Cash, too. I mean, come on. So, I mean, that's come on. that's enough. Yeah. All right. Joseph. So <clears throat> with uh, with a lot of the picks, not just mine, a lot of everybody's picks, I feel like one thing that's either I feel like most good choices for songs and movies, if they're going to be excellent, are going to either be perfectly fitting for it, like um, um, trying to think of an example, but something you would expect, right? But it hits it right on the head or what I'm going to call uh, anachronisms where they don't really seem to fit at all. Um, and horror does that a lot, right? Like they're either, they're going to pick some um, female vocalists doing like a really sweet song during like a really fucked up scene or something like, like I think horror does that really well. And Deadpool, my, my example it's kind of similar. I mean, yes, Deadpool's like an edgy superhero, so you might expect some some rap in there. But in general, they've never had anything close to DMX and in what you would consider the MCU, the Avengers, and all that stuff. So I just loved how much of a middle finger this was to um, not not a middle finger because I don't think that they were disrespecting superhero movies, but just kind of a, a like well can't think of a good word james you probably have a good word for this but <laughs> they just <laughs> came out balls to the wall and were very i mean the 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 uh movie itself specifically the scene is very breaking the fourth wall and just pure fun and silliness and the way this scene goes back and forth between the song and then dialogue and then he <laughs> says to the camera like hit it or whatever he said and it goes back into the song um, it's just perfect uh, movie movie making, so that's yeah, that's why I chose this one. And there's a lot of them in, of, DM, in Deadpool that could be chosen, but yeah, go ahead, James. I, I was gonna say one thing I love about this scene: it kind of takes the piss out of the gallantry. Thank of you. That's a better way to presented. say it. Than, yes, definitely. All right, now we vote. Are you guys both voting pre-round? Yes. Yes. Although I really, I really did like that scene. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm ashamed to admit that I'd never seen the Deadpool movies, and I know I really what? should. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I, I really thought that scene was awesome. Like, especially when he's like, "Oh, she's going to do the superhero landing." Like, mm-hmm. you know? it's bad on her knees. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Both of them are it's so true. good. We'll have to add this to the list of movies we we all must watch together to expose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that and I, thing. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, the the dawn of the even though I'm not the biggest fan of that remake, uh, uh, we don't have to talk about that right now. Um, but that scene, Johnny Cash's voice, and that 
I love the I love how realistic that news footage is. I mean, a lot of it really is for real. Yeah. But the 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 newscast or not the newscast or whatever it is a politician saying we don't know when they ask him if they're alive or dead, and yeah. then it kicks right into the song. I think <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll all agree that like a big portion of what makes a good song in a movie is the timing, right? So like if yeah. If they'd have been playing that music under the whole footage, it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been as that as good as that. Like they have to choose the right timing. Right. Nick, James, get a vote. Ah, Nick, do you want to go first? Sure. So um, this is a tough choice for me because I love both movies. Um, I actually would say that I love. Deadpool just slightly more than Dawn of the Dead. Um, but then when you come to the songs, Johnny Cash gets the edge because although I appreciate DMX, I love Johnny <laughs> Cash. Um, but we're not voting on the song. We're not voting on the movie. We're voting on how the song and the movie are integrated and how it's used together. So um, I'm going to go with Dawn of the Dead. Okay, so... Bill, I'll say, first of all, when I saw Dawn of the Dead, immediately I thought, I know exactly what this is, but I was wrong. I thought for sure you'd go with the Down with the Sickness lounge version from that movie. Yes. And uh, this was awesome, too. I really, there, have you guys, I don't know if this happened for anybody else, but so far, I've, I've enjoyed every single scene that has been picked in this tournament. But yeah. some of the ones that were favorites going in kind of ended up going against each other in the draws. <laughs> And uh, this was two of them. I, I like the Dawn of the Dead, and I like the Deadpool scene a lot. So I'll vote Deadpool to split just by just by an edge, just by just by a bit, a scotch. Ooh, there you go. I, I should have gone first because I really don't want to have to break this tie. Because so I, I was not a fan of Deadpool in the comics ever. I just thought I don't like <laughs> breaking the fourth wall and the whole Zach Morris thing. It just bothers me um and i never thought it was <laughs> I never there's thought a it... big difference between zach morris and deadpool i'm just saying talking to the camera uh, i never yeah. see him in the same room together <laughs> time out what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> i was just never, never a fan and so when the movie was coming out it's like cool he's gonna say chimichanga and it's gonna be hilarious but <laughs> so i was watching the movie and of course it's an amazing movie so like halfway through or whatever this is i'm like i'm on board with this and if you know me or whatever joseph like dmx was a huge part of our childhood and it's like so much nostalgia for me so when this song came on i was like that that's the thing that i love about songs and soundtracks like good ones is when they make a good movie like push over the edge for you where you're just like Oh, I'm like so in right now. And that's what this was for me when I was watching it. Cause I was just like, ah, uh, they're playing DMX and it's so like goofy and amazing and <clears throat> everything. Um, but also I'm like <laughs> obsessed with Johnny Cash and I love freaking the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm literally just going to flip a coin. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think within the movie itself, I'm going to go with an upset and pick Deadpool. Ah, yeah. Sorry, Johnny Cash. Ah, I'll say. He's turning over in his grave. I know. There ain't no grave. Nice. No grave can hold 
down. I get the feeling you would be really hurt right now. <laughs> All right. It wasn't take... really fair because Josh celebrates DMXmas each year, actually. And his Santa just runs around yelling, X gonna give it to you. <laughs> so, As he tosses presents at people. I, I feel like Dawn of the Dead will have another another day, if you will, in our, uh, uh, podcast, our podcast. Well, so. it's yeah, and, and the the thing is, I I mentioned earlier about not mentioning any of our honorable mentions because I we could go again, but and it's not the the song that James mentioned before, but there was another song that I nearly picked, other than the when a man comes around from Dawn because it. And that's what makes it, I don't want to keep going about the movie, but like it has a cool soundtrack to it, like which is kind of a rare thing in a zombie movie, unless they're trying to be tongue in cheek about it all the way through. So what's the song at the end? I can't I was trying to remember that today in the people who died by Jim Carroll. Oh, I thought it was another Johnny Cash. Okay, no. And that and that song those are actual people that he knew that had died. And those are the actual ways that they had died. Fun. Cause, cause I wanted invasive. to, yeah, I wanted to know more about it. I'm like, it, and I did not know this, but like the movie basketball diaries were that movies about him when he was a kid. Oh, so, I knew I knew that name. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The movie's great. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next one. We have Skid Row. From Little Shop of Horrors, which yeah. was Bill. Bill. Yep. Then you go downtown where the folks are broke. You go downtown where your life's a joke. You go downtown where you buy a joke. Can you go home to Skid Row? Home to Skid Row. Yes, you go downtown where the catch don't. And Bonnie Tyler with Total Eclipse of the Heart from Urban Legend, which was me. another so, like tough matchup man <laughs> come on yeah all right bill yes. go go for it all right so um i absolutely love little shop of horrors like my it has a special place in my heart because it's the first movie that my family ever rented when we got a vcr player we rented it from the gas station down the street and uh it's so great like it's it falls into the category of like the the thing where the remake is far better than the original. Um, the original Little Shop of Horrors is absolutely terrible. And this song, uh, I love it so much. Like, first off, like, Rick Moranis as Seymour Krelborn 
is incredible and his character like singing and the the line like his part in that song is my favorite all the way through like when he's sitting there in that line that says i keep asking god what i'm for and he tells me gee i'm not sure sweep that floor kid and it goes on and says like he treats me like dirt and calls me a slob which i am like i just like i don't know that those lines like resonate with with me because of like the moments it's like yeah i feel that and it's just so freaking good or like you know and then at the end when they're going like give me my shot or I'll rot here. Like this, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really like blah, 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 like jumble around on it, but I just really, really love this song and it just sets up the movie perfectly. Like it's a great like musical number uh, that leads into many other musical numbers about like a flesh eating plant. Uh, and I just, I just love that. It's from Rick Moranis, like as, as one of the main characters in it. All right. So for Urban Legend, it pretty much does what Joseph was saying about, you know, a female voice and a sweet sounding song while someone's being murdered. Uh, I love Urban Legend and it's, I just think it's one of the funnest horror movies ever. And I always go back to this scene and the way it's used. Um, you know, everybody's, I say everybody, everybody on the podcast has seen it um, because of the clip and it's just somebody, you know, thinking that they're running away from a murderer, but the murderer is in their backseat. And she's like singing along to the radio to try to not freak herself out, which <laughs> I do when I'm driving home late at night and I'm a wuss. Um, and so I just love it. it. It's so like perfect in the in the scene, in my in my opinion. So I will I will be voting for my own. Bill, Same. are you voting for your? Okay. Yeah. All right. What else? And, and we I got? and I will say about that that opening to Urban Legends that fits the the use of a non horror song in a horror context perfectly. Like it's so, and it's tongue in cheek because you know the song saying "Turn around," which she oh, should, yeah. and right. it's just yeah, and and the whole spoof of like the the creepy gas station attendant that you think oh she needs to get away from him and yet he's the one who's trying to save her um it reminds it like, feel like that it, movie. Go ahead. no it was kind of like the movie tucker and dale versus evil have you guys ever seen that that movie's amazing yeah i mean underappreciated that, yeah that whole movie plays off that kind of joke of like they're just normal dudes who are trying to help but then they come off as the the creeps all right, how do you? How are you guys voting? So I'm I'm voting for Urban Legend. I've never seen Little Shop before, so I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I do love the song "Suddenly Seymour." Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to Heidi. She used to sing that song a lot when we were buds. And so I don't think there's anything that I wouldn't like. I mean, I love musicals, so why wouldn't I like it? I just never got around to it. But it has Steve Urban. Martin in it singing about being a dentist. I mean, come on. <laughs> Man, you won me over. <laughs> um, but yeah, Urban Legend's amazing. I feel like it missed, it really missed its audience because it came out as like a um, scream knockoff kind of, or a, I know we did last summer knockoff, which I'm sure it basically was. I mean, they were cashing in. Why not? But I really feel like that scene could be like an iconic scene, like Drew Barrymore scene 
and it just doesn't get the love. I mean, it gets the love from from horror fans, but not from like the wider audience, general audience. So um, anyway, I'm definitely voting for that. Nice. All right, so two split. I I did dig the scene in Urban Legend, but the Little Shop of Horror song I think is a blast. I am generally pro anything featuring Steve Martin. And even though this song didn't sound anything like Skid Row, sorry guys, don't know <laughs> yeah. what happened to you in this song, I am going to vote for it. So, little shot for the split. So, I was actually going to say that um, what Joe had said kind of segued uh, well into mine but from the reverse in that i have seen little shop of horrors but i've never seen urban legend because i always kind of viewed it as like in that scream genre and when those movies came out i for whatever reason was just completely against like seeing any of them i saw scream and that was about it for me um whatever um that explains so much yeah it i mean it it was it was movie snobbism is what it is. I, I basically looked at it like, oh, those are the popular movies. I don't want to see those, which is also the same reason I've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Sorry, Joe. I bet you've never seen Twilight. I have never <laughs> seen Twilight. Have you seen Star Wars? It's I'm hanging out. Uh, Star Wars is popular. Shut up. Anyway, so <laughs> that being said... Um, I, I did think it was uh, funny how they used um, Don't Turn Around in Urban Legend. I, I thought that that played pretty well. Um, Skid Row, when it first started, I actually wasn't paying attention to what movie it was from. So I was like, oh, this is a musical. I just automatically assumed like Stephanie had picked it. But then I realized what it was because it had been like a long time since I'd seen Little Shop of Horrors. Like, I mean, I probably – Bill, I think it's kind of like what you said. I probably saw it like on a VHS tape that we got from Video Daves in Frankfurt when we oh, got Oh, yeah, it Video store. Daves. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I – I'm going to give it to Little Shop of Horrors, just Ooh, yeah. for nostalgic reason. I have more of an attachment to that. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Cool. That Scream comment really puts this one conversation we had in context where uh, we were talking about it, and you were like, dude, Killdozer is a way better movie than Scream. <laughs> and then you made me watch <laughs> a movie about a haunted bulldozer. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, maximum Overdrive. Get that in there, too. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one up is from Django Unchained, and it's Tupac and James Brown, actually, with the song Untouchable. And that was me, Josh. Versus the Secret Sisters with Tomorrow Will Be Kinder 
from the Hunger Games. Is it Mockingjay Part Two, James? Part Two, yeah. Yep. That's, and that's and my that lady. Steph- Stephanie picked Steph- the other two this tournament. Black clouds are behind me. I now can see ahead. Often I wonder why I tried, hoping for an end. Sorrow weighs my shoulders down, and trouble haunts my mind. But I know the present will not last And tomorrow will be kinder All right, um, so I'll go first. Um, so, I don't know. At, at the time, I was a, a really big Quentin Tarantino fan and was excited for this first movie of his in a long time. And it's kind of similar to the DMX song where you're watching a movie and you're liking it a lot. And then this song comes on. You're just like, Oh my God. Like I know how white this sounds, but I, I love Tupac so much. And that song is incredible. And it's this weird, like remix with James Brown that makes it even cooler. And I, I wasn't, I was a little hesitant cause I wasn't sure if everybody had seen it. I assumed everybody had, but you know, it's, it's kind of a, a weird and in hindsight or you know just knowing what we know now about <laughs> race and everything it's kind of a weird movie um but it's very what's the word not cathartic because i'm not black but uh it's very badass when the scene happens and he just gets to kill a ton of racist douchebags so yeah that's i'm in love with that scene I'll watch that scene just kind of randomly without really watching the movie altogether. So that's, that's Pac. James, do you want to speak for Steph? I'm assuming she's not there. Yeah, I'll speak for Steph. Actually, I just walked by her and said, Hey, do you want to talk about your song from the hunger games? And she shook her head. No. So she didn't want to do it at the moment. Cause she she's the same. She was brushing her teeth. <laughs> but, um, so I, couldn't recall having heard this song before, although if it's on the soundtrack to the first movie, I had. But it got me teary uh, when I was listening to it. My wife, my wife, uh, for anyone that doesn't know her, she has a couple of the same character qualities as Katniss Everdeen, and um, kind of noticed that right off when we saw the movie. And so this song and what's kind of going on in it just... It resonates so personal, and I'm not going to talk about it because um, I'll get a little teary again. But I thought the song was pretty cool, and just because it makes me think of her so much, I'm voting for it. Even though the Django scene, pretty B.A. Awesome. All right. Um, who Who's up? Who wants to vote? I'll jump in first. So Django Unchained, uh, I, I love I, – I also love Quentin Tarantino. Um it's it's a good 
well, it's a freaking amazing violent movie. It's vicarious white guilt violence is kind of how I looked at it. And again, like you said, in today's time, it's a little weird, but just seeing that scene is just every aspect of that scene. I was like, oh, yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Um, and then with Hunger Games, I thoroughly enjoyed Hunger Games. Um, didn't really remember this song, um, but until, you know, watching the clip. So it, it really comes down to, for me, like, I didn't know the Tupac song either, even though I, I do like Tupac. I think I'm going to go with Django just because it played out to a more primal aspect of my psyche. Um, if that is, I mean, pretentious enough for anyone. It's, it's just, I love a good violent scene with, it's just I having forgot, fun with itself. I forgot how freaking violent it has been in a few oh years. Oh my gosh. It, <laughs> it's almost, it's almost <clears throat> like Looney Tunes level violence. Yeah. I mean, obviously more so with like every time that guy on the floor gets shot, it sounds like so a nice. bullet going so into the pillow. Great. So like the guns immediately turn into cannons and they're just yeah. gouts of blood I love, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot that scene from Hunger Games and I thought it was a great like, you know, remembering the enough of the storyline, a great kind of like ending scene to the whole thing and just like Things are going to get better. Um, I got to go with uh, Django Unchained just because I, in similar fashion to Inglorious Bastards, that, you know, there is nothing better than seeing Nazis being tortured and, and murdered in terrible ways. It was very nice <laughs> to see, like, especially if all this bullshit going on, sorry, <laughs> about, like, everything that's going on it was just very nice to see slave holders and slave catchers just being like shot to pieces and just gouts of blood shooting everywhere. So, uh, that's was extremely appealing and just perfect. And, and then it also fits within that horror thing where it's talking about like, you know, songs that are, unexpected songs in that scene like so it's just strange that like you have this essentially period piece and then here comes tupac you know oh yeah it's so so great so yeah going with that one awesome i'd even say the the violence itself is kind of jarring so once tupac kicks in that kind of it's even more jarring so it kind of jars you back into oh okay this is fun to watch yep joseph well it's interesting that you say that because i i um I'm not going to delay it any longer. It's not even a tie. I'm picking Django. But, um, and I remember that scene very well. I've watched Django quite a few times and everything. But I really didn't remember. I, I was almost worried Josh sent like a weird YouTube version where the music wasn't in the scene. Did anybody else feel that way? Like, oh, I've yeah. seen the movie, but I saw oh, it yeah. and I'm watching it and I'm like, when the hell does the song kick in? And, uh, I mean, how how like far be it for me to say anything to QT, who's kind of a master as much as I hate his later stuff. But I would have put it in earlier. Like, <laughs> there's just so much silence, and I guess 
like you said, Nick, it, it kind of like almost shocks you with all the violence and then like reminds you, Hey, this is a movie. Here's a fun song. So it, it's yeah. cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's amazing. But that was the only thing that I was kind of like, that's weird. Why is there not? Um, but anyway, I, it's still perfect and I still love it. And that's probably my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I, I go back and forth a lot, but we watched it recently and it's, it's so, Oh, I know the other thing I was going to say when I was watching it was, Jamie Foxx is so underrated as a badass. I, I could watch like a trilogy of him being a badass from some comic book hero, maybe like an edgy one, obviously. I, I just think he's so underrated. Yeah, that's all. I, I'm more Jamie Foxx. Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> James, I gotta say, um, I have never seen the second part to the last hunger games so this was pretty much spoiling the entire series for me so (laughs) (laughs) no i thought i thought i had go ahead no no go ahead go ahead i i thought that i had and i watched and i was like i don't remember this at all and i looked (laughs) looked up my letterbox and i had never seen it so i i guess i just thought that i had but i don't well they all blend together what were we going to say, James? I was just going to say, I haven't seen the last two movies either. Um, yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> you're not alone. All right. Number, the fourth matchup is um, Kim Wilde with Kids in America from Clueless, which is me, Josh. commercial or what but seriously i actually have a way normal life for a teenage girl and then um you two with hold me throw me kiss me kill me from batman forever and that is james
What a 90s matchup we have here. I know. I, I love it so much. We can so, expand it better if we tried. So I'll, I'll be quick on mine. Um, you know, I keep saying I love this movie. Obviously, I picked all these because I love the movie. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Clueless. And another thing that I love about soundtracks is especially opening songs. So like that Johnny Cash one is great. I think a few of mine are opening songs. And they're just, it's great when it really sets the tone for the entire movie. And this one, I mean, I, I really even, I love when they even go farther back to like just when they put on the, um, you know, like the studio names and stuff like that. And this one does that. And it really just gets you in the mood for Clueless, you know? So <laughs> that's, that's my pick. <clears throat> All right. So my pick, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, uh, is from the Academy Award nominated Best Picture Batman Forever. <laughs> and Hell it yeah. is by one of my favorite bands, U2. So technically, and here's the thing about this tournament that we're doing. The first thing that we did was decided, okay, we're going to do soundtracks. And then we all picked our songs. And then we decided, and how it fits into the movie. And technically, this is what plays during the credits. So, right. I understand. This bizarre video plays during the credits. That would be amazing if the bizarre video <laughs> played during the credits. So, in the video, it's like these uh, cartoon drawings of all the characters in Batman. Like comic drawings of the characters. And you 2 the band. And then it has... Bono, the dude, being attacked by um, Macfisto and The Fly, his two alter egos from the <laughs> 1990s. I love it. Nice. Makes I sense. loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I love this song. When I got married, I actually made a CD for the guys that ran my wedding, and uh, this song was on it. <laughs> and I, I could just rave about this song, but I love the song. I love U2's, like, weird 90s experimental phase and that's about it i understand if it loses but i'm voting for you too because this is one of my favorite songs by them yeah james i was going to ask you because i remembered like that you know weird 90s experimental phase is this around the time when they were doing discotheque yeah yeah, yeah. So this was okay. actually within a year of that i believe awesome so who are you and going I, with, uh, I did want to point oh, out that in the video I'm sorry, I did want to point out in the video, they kind of nod to anybody that doesn't really get the uh, Macfisto character he was playing. But did you catch the book that Bono was reading in it? I, uh, I saw that and I'm like, OK, this has to have some sort of like the title of that has to have, you know, some yes. meaning. But I didn't pause it to read it. What was it? It's the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Oh, I oh, cool. love it. Yeah. So yeah, in the Screw Tape Letters, essentially it's this uh, book that is a series of letters written by this senior demon to a demon apprentice, as they're trying to um, essentially seduce someone into kind of becoming and let their life become nothingness and kind of take their soul to a darker place, and. Um, Bono, when he was kind of wrestling with his own faith issues and wrestling with being a celebrity, he had these two alter egos that he created in the 90s. And one was the faded out, burnt out rock star that was just convinced he was the best thing on the planet. And the other one was this senior demon trying to seduce people to the dark side. Amazing. And then, and the, yeah, and then there was the. More... I did not know this at all. This is all, this is all new to me. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then he would 
kind of and so they'll play with this like on their albums you know they'll have like okay this is like this character this is this character and then there's the more kind of quote-unquote 80s u2 even though it sounds more like a deeper alternative style where they are singing about like questions of faith and social justice issues and things like that so i i love that phase i love that decade of their music it, and this you know a, a theme a theme that's really big in batman forever <laughs> the existential <laughs> crisis <laughs> that batman no. forever wrestles um, with that's why I got the nomination it, for best screenplay. Is it? Is it? Did it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Kathy go. I. Yeah. What'd you say? I said, "Kill oh. kill you." I always say, "We gotta get you out of that black dress." Or sorry, we we gotta get you out of the, those clothes and into a black dress. Tell me, doctor, <laughs> do you like the circus? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, not to be too actually over. What's that? Was that what you used to win Ashley over? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, we went to the circus because she hates animals. <laughs> she likes to see dogs get kicked in the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so not to be too Chuck Klosterman about it, but these, I, the, I feel like this is a really good uh, pairing, this song and this, this uh, movie, subject matter, if you will. Because I feel like both Batman movies and U2 like eras are really tied to your your age, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, this was not <laughs> this was not the era of U2 I was familiar with. But as much as I love different Batman movies and respect them way more, Josh and I's like peak childhood moment as far as Batman, was Batman Forever. We watched it over and over and over and had no idea that it was dog shit. We weren't movie critics, and we loved it. So it was kind of weird for me to watch this because I have a lot of nostalgia for Batman Forever, and I... I, No offense, James, you know I love you, and I I do love you too in a certain way, but I hated this song so much. (laughs) And and maybe it was... I really respect like his um, what's the word Bono's like balls, if you will, to just go out into all kinds of different arenas and try different things. But my first gut reaction was, of course he animated himself and put him in a Batman story. Like, of course he couldn't just show <laughs> Batman clips. He had to be in Batman. Um, but I get that it's, it's deeper than that. On the flip side, clueless, way more nostalgia than batman and i'm gonna go with that for sure yeah i i would echo the nostalgia piece to it because the batman movie for me is seeing it at the like dollar cinema next to biggs as a kid like many many times even after school and all that and i don't know i'm gonna go with you two just for that reason i've never seen clueless and you know I don't really care to, so... What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, I will say... It's the 25th anniversary, Bill. It's the perfect time. It's the perfect time. Although I did appreciate, like, her uh, high-tech wardrobe matching computer interface that she yeah. had going on. To... <laughs> okay, Nick, okay. What, what, did you, what are you going with? So, uh, the YouTube... I'm going to go with YouTube. Um, yeah. Even though, like, by the... By what we are doing here, 
it's it's not really a clip from the movie and i know we kind of told james ahead of time you know go ahead and leave it in it's fine um at the time i was thinking yeah i'll probably just vote it out anyway there's really no because it's a good song i like the song but i really wasn't into to clueless um and i really don't like that song so yeah bono wins on this one ego and all I get it. Bill and Nick hate women. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Bono needs to win. He doesn't get a lot of uh, attention. Poor guy. So this was good. <laughs> All right. I'm Only writing, when he looks in the mirror. I'm writing Batman Forever goes to the second round. That's something I never thought I would write. Just get ready for it to win. Let's see how you like writing that. So, Six love the car. Next one is Rebirth. From, <laughs> from Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and you'll never guess who picked that. <laughs> right. Who? Who was it? Was it James? Um, it was Bill. It, it was in the 90s, Godzilla, so it can't be James. Yeah, Bill got to it first. <laughs> Versus John Spencer Blues Explosion, not the Hillbilly Moon Explosion, um, (laughs) with Bell Bottoms from Baby Driver, which was Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have always loved Godzilla, and I was really bummed with the the newer remake of Godzilla. Uh, I can't remember what year it came out. So going into this one, I was really like waiting for it and wanting for it to be good and everything. I I was wanting to pick like a a variety of soundtracks, and I was thinking like the more like orchestra soundtrack just for this movie type of thing. And I nearly went with one, but then I thought about this one because 
this this one Godzilla King of the Monsters was great and this scene comes at a great moment where like you know Godzilla's been you know nuked with this you know anti-oxygen depletion device which is like a callback to the original Godzilla and he's knocked out like he's done for and then they realize they need him to kill Ghidra the three-headed beast who's destroying everything and calling all these other monsters to him so they go through this long process of finding where godzilla is setting off a nuclear warhead in which the radiation would then bring godzilla back to his full strength and even stronger so this scene comes after all that and it's and it's cheesy and it's goofy but it's a freaking godzilla movie so it's awesome right um and the reason why I picked this one was they use they use clips from the original Godzilla soundtrack, but they put a new twist to it. And it was one of those moments in the theater where you could easily identify the Godzilla nerds because when that music kicked in, because in every other Godzilla movie, like when that movie when that music kicks in, like, you know Godzilla's ready to fuck something up, like, big time. And, like, oh, yeah, it's coming. Like, he's going to charge up big time. Like, and so when that music kicked in and it was, you know, redone and revamped for this new movie with, like, the people chanting in the background, it was just freaking great. Like, you know, like, something awesome is going to happen because they're playing the freaking Godzilla's going to do something awesome is going to happen music. And we haven't heard it in a new Godzilla movie. So it was just freaking great, you know, seeing that, you know, him with the blast of, you know, his nuclear breath and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was a great callback to the original Godzilla and it was amped up in a really great way. And um, I loved how they used it. All right. And I, and I won't hang up on you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> Even when this loses to Baby Driver 4-1. Yeah, I, I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that. I'm going to put him up there. But you know, I get it. I know. Go ahead and go ahead and shoot him down. He's still king of the monsters. Oh, it's All not right. over yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So, as we've kind of discussed on previous podcasts, the discovering new music is just really fun to me. Um, I'd never heard of the James Spencer Blues Explosion before, and by the name alone, probably would have never listened to them. Um, John, John yeah. Spencer. <laughs> and so I, I also hadn't, I didn't see Baby Driver when it came out. Um, I kept hearing about it. Um, I love uh, Edgar Wright. I, he did Shaun of the Dead and the Coronado trilogy. Um, I, I, so that I was like, okay, you know, he's a good director. That should be fun. But then the next thing I heard about, and actually read a few articles about after hearing so, was that. When he had the idea for Baby Driver, he decided he wanted to do the soundtrack first and then build the movie around that. Apparently, he even had a conversation with Quentin Tarantino about his idea, and Tarantino tried to talk him out of it because he said it's so difficult to match your movie to the music without altering the music. Um, but he went ahead and did it anyway. So this movie was shot to a soundtrack. The actors and the stunt people were frequently playing... Uh, the song that they were shooting to 
through headsets or is being piped in in the background and taken out in post. So everything was shot to the music. That is apparent in this opening scene to Baby Driver, which if you've not seen the movie, it's obviously a heist movie. Um, it's it's I, I won't go into like the, the synopsis of the movie, but basically you have this guy, this kid named Baby, that um, is the driver. Good, good title. But um, he he is this amazing driver, and it shows these people going in and robbing a bank. They come out and hop in the car, and then it's just a chase scene from there on out set to this song. It The action is nonstop in it, but, well, even when he's just sitting in the car, it's he's dancing to the music, the windshield wipers are going to the music, he's keeping tempo by, like, slapping the side of the car to the music until the police officer drives by, and then he's sitting stock still. So it's that continues throughout the movie. It's not a musical per se, but anytime there's an action scene going on, and even when there's a not an action scene, I can't think of the word for it, but just other scenes that build upon the story of the movie, it's set to m- music. So... Yeah, this I just I love this opening scene and the song is just it's a fun song. Um because I love this song so much, this is one of the few times I've gone out and bought a soundtrack. And so I have this soundtrack on vinyl and will sometimes just pop it on and just do nothing and just listen to this soundtrack. It's it's just I love it. Awesome. All right. So this is Josh. I love Baby Driver and I love the opening. Um, Bill Godzilla's—he's cool and everything. Um, Oof! I mean, it's—it's got. That means he's going to break up with you. It's got yeah. Have he's got a lot going yeah. on in his life, right? Now. Yeah. <laughs> I, did him. I did love Shin Godzilla, but I, I got to go with Baby Driver on this one. Fair enough. All right, so I. Godzilla, by the way, uh, makes my wrestling geek heart uh, very happy because one of my favorites, this guy Samoa Joe, uses a sample of the Godzilla theme in his theme song to the ring. And he oh, hell yeah. Machine. Yeah, so it's kind of awesome. So I didn't know that the Godzilla theme wasn't kind of a staple in every movie, which seems like madness to me. So you being the fan, I can only imagine how cool that was to see that resurface here. Now, Um, it has been used, but but not with this version of Godzilla, like the the re this remade like american godzilla you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it was just yeah. really awesome to hear it it with this version in that way it, like it's shown up in other movies as well but with this version of godzilla it was the first time it showed up awesome 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 uh baby driver i've never seen although i remember thinking <clears throat> that the previous made it look really cool and this scene made me want to see it really badly I'm hoping to find some place to watch that in the next week or so. Uh, the band, though, John Spencer Blues Explosion, that is actually what Steph and I were trying to get pregnant. That was our code. Like, oh, tell me when it's time for the John Spencer Blues Explosion. 
<laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding about that, but I'm totally going to try to get her to Stop. start using that now. <laughs> James, oh, you totally man. missed an opportunity and could have just named one of your daughters Jonah Spencer. Oh, I could have. Yep. I could have. But, um, yeah, the baby driver scene killed me. I thought it was awesome. I hadn't heard Bell Bottoms in years, and that made me really happy. I hadn't even thought about it in probably two decades. So I'm voting for Baby Driver. I really loved this scene. So this is Joe. I, n- I never seem to get to break any ties. I always come in last, and it's, it's already. <laughs> but, it's already just um, I, Do you I wait for the felt... end to come in with the hopes that you'll break a tie? Yeah, basically. Either that or I love the movie so much that I'm, like, jumping on everybody to go first. I skipped Bill's song because I just assumed it was the Pop Daddy song from the Max Broderick movie. Um, <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> totally kidding. Bill picked it all Max Broderick list. <laughs> Actually, no, I really just I thought it was an ad because there was barely any music at all. So I just thought it was an ad for the Baby Driver YouTube video. Just kidding. Um... I really, strangely enough, have zero opinions one way or the other about Godzilla. I'm sorry, Bill. And the the scene didn't really do much for me for that reason. But Baby Driver, when when I saw that clip, I was like, well, the tournament's over. Um, because that is the greatest scene. Movie and, movie and music combined, I, I think, that's ever been made. And Nick, I never knew any of that stuff, so that's actually pretty explanatory as to why it is. I mean, he, he set it out to be like that. It's just pure, like, movie magic. And I was lucky enough to see it in the theater. Uh, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, like, the difference between seeing it in the theater and stuff. And, gosh, it was like one big, long endorphin rush, that, that whole movie. So what are you, what are you <laughs> voting for? Godzilla. I'm voting for... Um, <laughs> All right, so the next one. (laughs) One last thing. I just love Shane, and I have to say it every time I see him. I was waiting for that. (laughs) I did forget to mention, and this doesn't like change anything, but the there wasn't any CGI in that. That was all like the the and it wasn't slowed down. The the stunts that car was doing that was really happening. And I wanted a Subaru WRX after I saw that. And I was just like, no. Plus, they're <laughs> expensive. But, yeah. All right. So, kind of cool. As of right now, the five picks that we've had, have we've all got one in there. So, look Ooh, at yeah. that. Yeah. Look at that. That's right. Yay. Go us. Participation trophies. <laughs> so what's all right. Participation trophy for trying to say participation correctly. Fuck you. <laughs> next, next I'm one. two bourbons in, okay? Leave me alone. Nick, I'm dream- drinking Jameson, so I hope I don't nice. throw up all over the wall. Oh, gosh, you're going to puke all over the place. <laughs> all right, so next one up. Amy Mann with Wise Up ah. from Magnolia, which is weirdly not James and weirdly not me. Uh, it's Joseph.
And the next one is The Cure with Burn from The Crow, which is weirdly not Joseph, but James. Joe, before we start talking about our songs, let's just take a moment to say, with this match off or this this match, we win. Yeah. We win. <laughs> Everybody wins. All right, go ahead, man. Um, so this is the very first song that came to my mind when we were doing this. When we decided we were doing this, I just I I always want to know who's seen what. Has anybody seen this? Or I should say, Nick and Bill, have you seen this? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Nope. I'm not being shitty. Josh and James and I watched it in his first apartment, so I know that. Um, yeah. This this scene is like the epitome of something where it, it, Josh and I have talked about this ad nauseum, even on the podcast. But how you a movie has to get you? Some movies have to get you like under their spell, right, for them to work. For example, if you were annoyed at the first scene of Baby Driver, you're not going to like the rest of it because it's all one big spell, and I can totally 100% see somebody hating the scene from Magnolia and be like, what the fuck is going on? This is the most pretentious, like, cheesy thing I've ever seen. Um, but when I saw it with, with Josh and James, actually, I, I can't remember if I'd already, I think I'd already seen it before, but it's just pure, like, emotion and always makes me tear up. You really have to know all their backstories for it to really be that powerful, so I don't know that it really, I, I we'll see, but... Also, Tom Cruise forever, so that's so, why I chose it. Just out of curiosity, do they sing throughout the whole movie? No, no, that's the thing. Is this was totally like the the one time, and if unless I'm remembering it wrong, that they do something like this in that movie. So it's kind of like yeah. jarring. All right, Very so thing to do. Uh, can I, Joe? Can I add something on to your song before I do mine? Yeah, if I can add something on the crow before you do yours. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, the Amy Man. I just found this out in the last two weeks, and this killed me. The movie Magnolia was written based on her music, which I didn't know. And the direct the director wrote it, right? Same guy directed and yep. wrote. Okay, so he had her on set, and like a lot of the characters are based on these characters in her song. So Amy Man, what she's kind of known for, and I'm I love Amy Man, huge fan. 
she will write about these very, very specific things and these very, very specific people that seemingly shouldn't be relatable, but she writes about it in such a way to where everybody can relate to it, right? So as an example, on her newest album, the first track on it is the song called Goose Snow Cone. And <laughs> it's about what the song is about on the surface is being on tour away from your home and opening Instagram. And she saw her friends, her friends have a cat named Goose and it had a little like cone on its neck and it's like a white cat. And it just looks like it looked so cute and so sad. And she said, it just made me start crying like crazy from how much I missed home and how much I miss seeing people that I was close to because it had been a long tour. And so that's what the song specifically is about. But more relatably, it's about trying to put on this happy face because you suck at expressing emotions to people and trying to quote unquote act normal and kind of being afraid that you're forgetting how to do that, which is something that's very relatable, I think, to everybody at some point. Mm-hmm. So she's brilliant. Um, Magnolia, when I found out that was written, like that every character was based on one of her songs, I was like, man, that actually makes a lot of sense. I had no idea until that. I really love Magnolia. And the scene, wise, uh, the song Wise Up, this was written before the movie came out. And so I'm sure the director specifically wanted her uh, sub in the movie. And if you've seen the video for it, one of the things he would do is like when they were done shooting for the day, he'd ask everybody to stick around. And so her music video for this movie has like all these A-list actors in the movie Magnolia in it just because she was already on set and he wanted to do the video too. Well, I have to see that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> All that to say, but that's not my pick. My pick is the crow. <laughs> Joe, do you want to talk about the crow? So Yeah, that reminded me. I was going to say about Amy Mann. I feel like I can't come up with them too inebriated to remember the person I was going to compare her to. But you hear those stories about like Edgar Allan Poe dying like penniless or whatever. Um, and nobody really knowing who he was, and then now he's like, you know, a, a staple of English literature. I feel like she's going to be like that. I mean, obviously she sells out tours and stuff for for indie people, but I feel like when she dies, like it's going to be this kind of theater. Right. But, like, when she dies and 50 years from now everything is in the cloud, people are going to find her and just be like, what were we, like, what did we miss? This is, uh... Yeah, just like a whole collection of masterpieces. Um, yeah, and then the crow is just <laughs> the complete opposite. It's the crow just is like, super cool. It's <laughs> pure, like, badass, like, the original Edgelord that made me want to love all things Edgelord. Just, I love it so much. I mean, it does have heart, too, but it's mostly just badass. Morphine is bad. Morphine is bad. <laughs> The Crow does have my favorite, like, last line before you kill somebody part in the movie, where at the beginning when he kills the first guy that attacked that he and his girlfriend when they got killed, but he pulls this knife, I think, out of him, and there's just, like, this, uh, moment, and he pulls it out, and he goes, victims, and he tilts his head and goes, aren't we aren't all? We all? And shoves it back into him. <laughs> so awesome. I love when he says, I love when they find one of the bodies and they say that 
<laughs> like the coroner or whatever says that the the major organs were stabbed in alphabetical order. Like, yeah. <laughs> why? That's awesome. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, this is the scene. Um, it's by, the song is by The Cure and I love The Cure also. Uh, it is called Burn. It was written specifically for the movie. And it's a great song. This is the part, like, so at the beginning of the movie, the character that had gotten killed kind of reemerges from the grave and he doesn't really know what's going on. And he goes to his own home and like these flashbacks kind of start coming to him and he sees his old home is destroyed. The cat that they had is still there. And when he's sort of reliving the moment where his girlfriend was killed, he kind of like just starts shaking and breaking. And then he like, he's in front of the mirror and he punches the mirror as hard as he can. It just shatters. And there's just this white makeup there. And he just starts throwing makeup on his face to kind of cover up who he had been for this kind of Avenger style mission that he has to complete now to quote unquote, make it right. And um, yeah, then he, you don't see his face though the whole time. You just kind of see him putting white stuff on it. And then he walks to the window and this crow that's there like flies over and lays on his shoulder and then lightning strikes and the rain's falling. And just from the light of the lightning, you see like this image of the crow face that he had on. It's, I love it. song is super goth one of the most goth things that they ever wrote and i just think it fits it all fits so well together it's only a minute long but man that scene all from the first time i saw it like when i was 14 years old it's like man that's awesome and i still love it as a 40 year old today but i don't know what i'm voting for here still i've thought about it a lot joe do you know what you're voting for I think I'm voting for Magnolia just because I can, as weirdly as the sounds, because I know what you mean. Like, The Cure is, like, the perfect band to be playing at that moment. But I can imagine other bands to be playing, and I can't imagine anything else happening in Magnolia that would be as perfect as Amy Man. So that's the only reason I'm going with that. But I love them both dearly. I'm going to go with The Crow. I mean... It's it's mainly because it falls into the category of like I have not seen the movie Magnolia and just the end of it I'm like this is really effing depressing. <laughs> oh, it's super depressing. Okay, yeah. so you understand the concept of the movie then? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it did crack me up because listening to it and seeing her name, I'm like, wait a minute, she? Because I only I knew of her originally from portlandia yeah. like when she yeah. when she played the housemaid like and they were accusing of her like stealing their necklace or whatever yeah. and i'm like that's amazing that's who this person is okay i get it now but yeah the scene she, of the crow what's that sorry i was gonna say another one of my favorite singers cameos in that scene sarah mclaughlin is their hedge trimmer yeah. <laughs> that's amy man sketch oh my gosh it's amazing i forgot about that 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go with the crow just because uh, I just like that one better. Short and sweet. Nick? All right. Um, I'm I'm also going to go with the crow. Just I mean, kind of like what Bill said. I I've seen the crow. I've not seen Magnolia. Um, if it was down to the music, I uh, I might actually give the edge to Amy Mann a little bit, even though I do love the Cure. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll just say that I'll go with the crow there. So I'll I'll try to be fast, but um, so I have a uh, son named Anderson, which is after partly after P.T. Anderson, the director, and a daughter named Magnolia. So I like this movie. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna pick it, but I mean. Yeah, like Joseph said, being into like anything where somebody wears all black, I was kind of the opposite growing up because we were twins and we had to be different. So the crow never really clicked with me other than, I don't know, it, some of the action's kind of cool, but I, I was never a huge fan. So uh, I'm going to go with Amy Mann on this one. <sighs> all right, so tiebreaker, this is going to be a weird reason to vote. Because I love both of these choices so much, I will say that I think Josh and Joe are more... Josh definitely is more passionate about Amy Mann than... Or at least this song than anybody else, but maybe me and Joe are passionate about the Cure scene. So, for that reason, <laughs> I'm going to vote for Amy Mann. <laughs> oh. Just to try to get one of these two as far as it can go. Nice. All right. Quick so shout out. <laughs> Crow, the Crow City of Angels, the sequel, is like grossly underrated. I never hear a single word about it, and I freaking love that movie growing up. It's and also actually, a good soundtrack. I was going to say, I actually think the soundtrack is way better than the Crow original soundtrack. I almost picked one Rage from that. What's that? It has Rage Against the Machine. It has Filter. It has... Uh, I think uh, it has... Hole. Some sort of zombie. I don't know if it's white or Rob or some, some <laughs> I think what, what variety zombie. of zombie. <laughs> I think it's white zombie. <laughs> All right. So the next one is the um, the psychedelic furs with Love My Way in the movie Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> Versus Shaun of the Dead's Queen, Don't Stop Me Now, which was Nick. Where the hell did he come from? I don't know. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself. Well, who the hell put this on? Some random. For fuck's sake. Okay, Diane, uh, get mum somewhere safe. David, kill the Queen. What's the jukebox? Uh, Liz, Ed, grab some weapon. What about a rifle? It's not real. Cocktails. What do you mean? Flaming spirits, Trump, Huey, Sambuca, Brandy, get a racket. Light it. What? The whole place could go up. What then? How about pool? Okay, John. 
Seems like an, an even match. Yeah. Similar <laughs> genres. <laughs> oh, boy. You go first, Nick. What? Okay. Um, so, we've talked about Shaun of the Dead before, so you all know that I love Shaun of the Dead. It is my favorite movie. I had to think back through my list. Yes. It is number one now. Um... Strangely enough, when I got to this scene in the movie, I don't think I was – I obviously knew who Queen was, but I don't think I was super familiar with this song. Um, Now, I mean I've heard it several places other than this movie, but maybe I'd only heard it a few times and just didn't really recognize it before then. But just the way that – it it ramps up really slow, like kind of kind of edges into it as they're you know slowly well not slowly they're surprised by the shop like the the barkeep um, as a zombie it pops up behind them and just kind of like with Baby Driver when they start beating him with the pull sticks to the music and it, the the song is integrated into the movie it's not just background music so it, it pops up in the movie by popping up on the jukebox because it's playing at random um when they're trying to flip off the light switches it's it's kind of all over the place to the music it's when when the zombie gets thrown into the jukebox the song shuts off it, it i just love how they they play with this song in the movie. It just makes that scene so much better, which, I mean, I'm sure, just like with most music in movies, if you took the song out and just had the scene playing silently, it would not be as good, probably wouldn't even be really good at all. But, oh, just and I love the, the part where, like, she's throwing the darts to try and hit the zombie and it pops him in the head and that has nothing to do with the music at all but it hits Sean in the head and later on you don't see it in this scene but later on when he pulls it out they add in that spurt of blood that just shoots out the side of his head for a second it's it's so wonderful I, I love that Great. movie so much <clears throat> and this song plays along so well nice alright Joseph okay so the, the Nick's is gonna win hands down I mean it's an it's one of the top three movie and music and movie scenes ever. Um, Edgar Wright seems to know what he's doing, but Call Me by Your Name has a special place in my heart. I mean, I I I adore this movie, and I don't really know much to say about it. Yeah, so there you go. All right, way to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so the the acting is... That's uh, no, fine, no, it's fine. We'll move on, we'll move on. This scene has so much of what I love in movies. Like, I'm a huge fan of acting. I think that people like Josh, we've had, Josh and I have had this discussion many times, like, tend to write it off as, like, they're just serviceable, like, they might as well be the craft food people, um, because all that matters is, like, the the... Uh, tour director writer guy 
And to me, like, this scene could not be done with bad actors. It just couldn't. Um, Timothy Chalamet is is just heartbreaking in this movie. Has anybody seen this movie except Josh? I haven't. I haven't. What okay. movie are we talking about again? <laughs> Showgirls. Oh, okay. Not seen it. Boz Lerman, classic. <laughs> Wait a second. That wasn't Boz Lerman, was it? No. 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 <laughs> James, something about your sarcasm. I always believe it. I believed it when you said that about the explosion song. Uh, <laughs> so basically, the story is these guys, th- this family lives in Italy, and this American, or maybe he's British, but I'm pretty sure he's American comes and joins them for the summer. He's like a tutor, or um, not a tutor. He's being tutored by the dad of the family, who's like a professor. And so the the young teenage boy basically, over the course of the movie, falls in love with him at the same time as he realizes he's gay. Like, he didn't... It's not like he knew he was gay, and then was like, oh, this guy's cute. It was like getting to know him in and of itself was what made him realize he was he was gay. And so it takes really subtle, like amazing acting to pull that off, in my opinion. And this movie knocks it out of the park. Um, hmm. So this this movie has a huge place in my heart. Um, but I don't expect it to win. That's totally fine. Especially if you haven't seen it. This scene is probably just super boring. But he's he's falling in love with Army Hammer's character. And then he... Even more heartbreaking, he tries to like play it off like, no, I'm just dancing. Let's just dance. Let's have fun at the very end. And God, it's so good. Uh, so I'll vote. Shaun of the Dead is a good movie. And Call Me By Your Name is terrible. So I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I'm not. I love you, Joseph, but. I hated that movie so much, and because uh, there's good acting in it, because uh, there's pedophilia in it. So, just oh, me, God. just me. I don't, I don't really like it. <laughs> My Peterson. Oh, you're the one that loves Allen Ginsberg. Sick burn. Hashtag name blood. <laughs> right. Bill, Bill, your turn. What? Yeah, I, I really love Shaun of the Dead, and I thought this was a great scene. I thought call me by your name like it was kind of interesting because of some of the other movies like 45 years i never heard of these movies you know so i was like looking them up and i'm like okay you know just reading the synopsis and then watching the scene and i thought it was a cool scene like i i you know this may be like controversial pick but like i thought that was i gotta go with that one just because it was newer to me and i thought it was really good like for what it was and what i knew of it so i'm gonna go with call me by your name i love you bill love you too <laughs> and I'm, I'm voting that way because your brother was mean to you <laughs> truth heard all right <laughs> sorry. yeah thank you all right so i will um i will agree that bill uh, if, or james if you pick shawn of the dead that means you hate gay people so <laughs> <laughs> not, so, not to not to sway the vote at all. Not to sway the vote. <laughs> so, Sean James, the if you pick "Call Me by Your Name," that means you hate zombies, <laughs> which is worse. <laughs> well, so yeah, 
Um, I don't know. The Shaun of the Dead scene is awesome. It really is fantastic. But again, call me by your name. That that was new. That was some new fruit, and um, it was good stuff. And Joe is my brother from that dreaded war we just had to go through with Amy Man versus the Cure. So we bonded over that battle. I can't believe so. this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I'll vote for Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, yeah and, and, it, and it was tough. Like I absolutely love Shaun of the Dead, and I love that scene. But James, you, you said it perfectly. Like this was, this was new, and it was great use of the song in a new scene, and it just cut, barely edges it out. Yeah, I brought up earlier, I really hate a lot of these matchups. This was another one. <laughs> They're both well, finalists. Well, uh, honestly, I'm just glad that you guys liked it, because I was convinced that everybody would think it was hella boring. And, you know, so I'm glad that people responded to it. Sorry, Don't get me wrong. Neil Young. It's sucks. okay. <laughs> but it's real good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the, the hella back. boring on 45 years. <laughs> Um, all right, so the last one is uh, from Francis Ha, David Bowie with Modern Love, which was me, Josh. Versus Huey Lewis in the news, hip to be a square American psycho. Which was James Nick? Which one was it? Sorry, that was me. Okay. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Alan. Yes, Alan. Why are the copies of the style section all over the place? Do you, do you have a dog, a little chow or something? <laughs> no, Helen. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! Ah! So this is what I get for making fun of Joseph, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Francis Ah. It's it's one of my one of my most rewatchable movies, and I love this song in it. Uh, Justin and I are big Bowie fans, so we're kind of like a sucker for anything of him. But she's, you know, a twenty-something trying to figure herself out, and this is like a scene where she's, you know, in, in an upswing where she's excited about life. She's running through the streets dancing to Bowie, so 
I love it. And ready for it to, to get murdered, no pun intended. <laughs> um, okay. So... <laughs> um this movie is it's just weird it's a weird movie um this the scene is weird it's but it's weird in the right ways it's just none of it fits together i mean he's playing hip to be square while chopping up a guy with an axe but the lead up to it how he's talking about Huey Lewis in the news and how he's presenting it to this guy who obviously doesn't care because I think he's like, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Didn't he like drug him or something like that? Or he's at the very least stoned. Um, so he, the, he doesn't really, he doesn't care, but yet Patrick Bateman is just going on and on on about Huey Lewis in the news and the progression of their albums um, from earlier on until the most recent album that he's discussing. And all the while he's doing it, he's getting ready to kill this guy. He's putting on a raincoat. He pulls out probably the shiniest axe I've ever seen in my life. I don't think such an axe, such an axe exists in real life. So that just makes it even more ridiculous. And then right before he gets ready to kill him, um, he, he the the guy looks down to the floor and is like, why is the style section all over the floor? And then he looks around and is like, are you wearing a raincoat? And it, so he's just slowly realizing, you know, something's off here. And then, hey, Alan! And he turns around and just chop. And then that's when his demeanor breaks and he goes from being this fake person that he's putting on to kind of, you know, keep Alan's guard down to being who he really is and he's just like he takes the raincoat off and of course his suit is still pristine because that's what he cares about is his image and his possessions so his possessions are clean but his face is what is stained with blood and still Huey Lewis sings on in the background so it's just it's absurd and gosh I I don't really know why it it doesn't I don't want to say it speaks to me because then that makes me sound like I'm some psychotic serial killer myself but it's just nothing about it makes sense it's like if you took pieces from a bunch of different puzzles and jammed them all together and called it a Jackson Pollock painting that is what this scene is and that's it anybody anybody want to jump in yeah I'll I'll jump in so I'm going to go American Psycho um just because it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. And that is the one scene that I remember out of, out of all of them. And, and, and I would say seeing it in theaters, cause it came out like we were in high school or whatever, right. Some, sometime around there. But um, like that was my first experience, I guess you could say with the whole thing of like a non horror song in a horror setting like Poppy Huey Lewis playing while someone's being murdered with an axe, which is great. Um, so go on with that one. I did like the Francis Haw clip. I thought that was cool too, but go on with American Psycho. 
I'll go next. Um, I had never seen Francis Hall before, and Josh had been telling me to watch it for years. Uh, he told me I'd really like it. And so I promised them I'd watch it before we did this podcast, so I'd uh, be, able to be able to talk about it with him. And, dude, you weren't wrong. You always told me I'd really like it. I really did. I thought it was super fun. Um, so, yeah, this scene, it's... This is where it's right after she gets her rebound apartment, right? Yeah. Her first one. Okay. So the movie kind of traces this character, and she doesn't have a place to live, and she can't really afford a place. So she just keeps falling in with these people, sharing an apartment that she can barely afford with person after person after person. And uh, this was the second one where she didn't think she'd have a place to live, and just hanging out with two people she just met one night. She ends up getting to live with them. Um, so I, I loved this scene and I really love that song. Uh, between the two songs, I like the David Bowie one more, but this American Psycho scene, I have so many just warm, fuzzy memories of watching this with Nick and Bill in college and it's a great movie. I love this scene in particular, so I'm voting American Psycho. Ah, oh, James, I was going to have a tiebreaker for once. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get, Joe. I'm choosing American Psycho. I I I don't want Francis Ha to go under the wire though. It is criminally underrated. Noah Baumbach is a genius. I didn't used to think that, but between this movie and Marriage Story, he is a genius. Period. And both of those movies need to be seen by everybody. You know, for the acting. Um, my my first song that I thought of with the whole tournament was from Marriage Story, but I didn't want to pick it because. It's a huge spoiler, so... Yeah. That was the one part I didn't like about that. But anyway... Um, I felt like the yeah. end of Francis Ha is sort of like a conversation that we've all had before about growing up. Because the movie is like she keeps trying to hold on to her dream, hold on to her dream, hold on to her dream. And at the end, she just kind of lets it go for a more normal life. And she lets go of the thought that her best friend is going to become her roommate again and just sort of start supporting her relationship and makes peace with all of that. It's a really good movie. I, I love it. I think there's, you know, there's a million movies about like growing up in twenties and stuff. I just think it's the one that hits it on the head the most for me. So for sure at that, at that age, definitely. Like I showed it to, or, or Ashley loved it, and she showed it to Jessica because it's a lot of it is about like a female friendship. Not, not my Jess. Well, her okay, but nobody calls her Jessica. <laughs> a lot of it is about female friendship, it, but it's just in general, it's like the best coming of age late in life, like twenties ever. It, you guys should see it, um, Nick and Bill. But mm-hmm. American Psycho. <laughs> It's just unreal. Like it's just the best. The the Christian Bale is the best, and that scene rules. And I saw that movie way too young. Probably messed me up in a good way. And I'll love it forever for that reason. So I'm picking that. All right. So that is our first half. So we're gonna start doing the second round voting. Round two. Yeah. All right, let's see here. I'm writing them down. So, hey Josh, have you been keeping track? Because I actually haven't been this time. Yeah, I have. Okay. Uh, so the first, well, the first one of the second round is Joseph's pick of DMX, 
X Gun from Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool. Uh, versus Bill's Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, uh. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. It's basically the same. Skid yeah. Row. Skid uh, Row. Yeah. Yeah. Skid Row, not by DMX. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by Skid Row. <laughs> oh, gosh. I remember them. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing matchup. So I. This is Josh. I'm going to go with DMX. I'm going Mike's with mine. Yeah. Going Skid Row. <sighs> I'm going DMX. Yeah. Joseph, are you voting for your own, I guess? Oh, sorry. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I'll go with the little shop then just to make it 3 2. There we go. All right. Let me write these down. So DMX moves to the third round. I love it. Uh, <laughs> the. Second matchup is Tupac and James Brown, Untouchable from Django and Shane versus U2 from uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> okay, so before all you little Quentin Tarantino fans start voting for Django without even thinking about it, okay? Yeah. I want to read some of the lyrics from Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, okay? Because they're great. They're so good. All right. Um, they want you to be Jesus. Now go down on one knee, but they want their money back if you're alive at 33. That's freaking awesome. Um, dressing like your sister, living like a tart. They don't know what you're doing, babe. It must be art. That's great. Um, <laughs> you don't know how you took it. You just know what you've got. Alerty, you've been stealing from the thieves and you got caught. It, this song is amazing. Uh, you don't know how you got there. Just so you went out believing in yourself almost, almost as much as you doubt. You're a big smash. You wear it like a rash. You're a star. It's so freaking good, you guys. All right. So I think James, I can speak for Josh and hold Joe before, and myself and you... Bill and Nick. It's a sweep for you two this round, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, All right. Love it. All right. Nick? Uh, Tupac. Nick, hold on. Tupac. what Bono can do for you. Ask what you can do for Bono. So James, so here's my question before I vote, right? Okay. So you said so you said Bono's alter egos were like the the bug and what was the other one? The fly. The which fly is, is like over the hill former rock star one and McFisto, which is the demon trying to seduce people to Eat just McDonald's. give it to their darkness. Yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> Here's here's my here's my question about it. So the purpose of an alter ego is to be something different from what you are, correct? Yes. So I'm just kind of <laughs> wondering, like, what was he going with with the fly? Was he just deciding so, not to talk about politics every time he got on stage or met somebody? Like, <laughs> so here, like, so this is. Do you want the backstory? I can give it here really quick. <laughs> No. You asked that. Okay. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me, James. All right. So, like, they, in the late 80s, they made this album that was like half live album, half studio called Rattle and Hum. And oh, yeah. so, right. So, what it was was like, when you got to remember, when they formed, they were just like high school friends, right? Yeah. And they kind of blew up rather quickly for just like three, four years. Or like, all of a sudden, they're one of the biggest bands on the planet. And they have, like, former Beatles and Bob Dylan, like, palling around with them and telling them how great they are. 
And so they made this album that was like a tribute to uh, the history of American music, and that's Rattle and Hum. And critically, it wasn't well received. And from a fan standpoint, some people really loved it, but a lot of people thought like, okay, they're really trying too hard with the kind of faith element and trying to, you know, show this love for America and stuff like this. And so while this is going on, a couple of the guys are struggling with their faith. And I think one of the guys is going through a divorce and this is all happening like right as the eighties are ending. So on the last night of that tour, Bono has this, if you're a U2 fan, this kind of semi-famous quote where he said, all right, we're going to go away for a while and dream it all up again and see what happens. And they went away. And so when they came back, they made this album. They almost broke up like twice while making this album because it was so drastically different and the creative process was draining everybody. And so again, with Bono kind of it to segue sideways in the last REM album, the first real track on it, Michael Stipe, (laughs) the first line is I'm so over me. I think that's kind of how (laughs) U2 was feeling about themselves. Yeah. And so they were just kind of (laughs) like, And so, like, the fly was sort of, like, I think how he would have felt had they, like, not just done something like a hard reset. Like, this is this is done, and I feel, I feel over myself. So it's like, so it's like alternate universe Bono. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it, like, you hear about celebrities, like, you get sick of being a typecast, because if you're a human being, you have these, like, good sides, these light sides, these dark sides, these hard sides, these just chill sides. But if you're a celebrity, you're not really a person, you're an idea, right? And that can kind of mess with you. And so this was sort of, in a way, just like commenting on being a celebrity. And I think I will, I'm a YouTube fan, so this is kind of me kissing, kind of me saying something good about them. But I think maybe him kind of wrestling with all that crap is one of the reasons why he was so effectively able to use his celebrity to do so much good uh, in the world with all the charities that they supported and all the third world debt relief that they were able to pull off. Um, because he kind of he has this kind of semi-famous quote where he says like celebrity is currency and I'm gonna spend it as like I plan to spend mine. And so I think it's that thing where you kind of get effed up by it, but if you can find a way to live with it you can do some really good stuff with it that's cool i th- i think all that is super cool and i and i love you james but i gotta go so, no no <laughs> <laughs> but listen After here's the- here's here's what i'm gonna ask you though has bono ever shot a slave owner several times <laughs> that's we don't point. know that he hasn't we don't know that he hasn't Fair enough. He probably has helped some slaves get free, but specifically, yeah. what I can say is fuck off. <laughs> love you, James. I love you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> right, is that it? Is that three votes down? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're dropping beneath a pair of shades right now. I hope you guys are happy. <laughs> so purely for Scott and Scott. I'm going to vote for, for you, too. 
just Bless because you. it's gonna lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next, we have Bell Bottom from Baby Driver, which was Nick, versus um, Amy Mann from Magnolia. And I lost the song title, but you know what it Lies is. Wise Up. Wise Up. I was thinking Rise Up. That's something different. Are you guys voting for your own? Yes. Uh, no, I'm voting for Baby Driver. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going Baby Driver. I'm right. voting for Baby Driver, too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> yes! First sweep. All right. Next one, or last one, is Call Me By Your Name with... Uh, where did it go? Psychedelic Furs, Love My Way, versus... Sorry. Um, American Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Him to be a square. I'm going to go so American I, Psycho. <laughs> I've seen Psychedelic Furs in concert. I really love them. I love their offshoot band, Love Spit Love, even more. But that American Psycho scene is so good. So I'm voting for American Psycho. As am I. Sorry, I'm going to go upset on it just because I, I freely admitting like my bitter bill tendencies i was not expecting to like this scene at all because i'm like oh man it's gonna be some art house freaking movie <laughs> and whatever and i i was honestly kind of taken aback by how much i enjoyed this scene so i'm going with call me by your name nice. um so am i so the next one, uh, final four. Wait, no. What? You got you got to vote. Me? Yeah, I already said uh, American Psycho. You know, because it's like good and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, so the final four is um, Joseph with DMX and versus me with Tupac. You know. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go with Tupac. <laughs> so basically, I never progressed past DMX from high school, and you found like a real, <laughs> you found a real rapper. <laughs> yeah. Has Tupac ever given it to you? <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. Well, then I think you should vote for DMX. I am voting for DMX. <laughs> I am also voting for DMX because Tupac nice. can screw himself after beating you too. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, a revenge vote. That's right. Yeah, if I'm going if I'm going song and with the full context of the scene, I gotta go Tupac. Oh tiebreaker. Um I'm as much as I, I love the scene, I think, in, in what we're doing is like scene and song together. I think DMX was used a lot better in Deadpool. <clears throat> so, um, cool, Deadpool cool. DMX. I mean, I'm never going to complain about DMX winning something. Um, <laughs> all right. And Bell Bottom Baby Driver. Versus uh, Huey Lewis in the News, American Psycho. Oh, man. 
Either one of these could be the winner. <laughs> yeah, it really can. Which is how I felt about a lot of these songs. This bracket system really driver. fucks me. <laughs> I'm going Baby Driver. Me too. Same. Mm, it doesn't matter, I guess, but I can't decide. All right. Well, you've got to vote. <laughs> uh, for posterity. Um, give, I'll do give. American Psycho just because I love Christian Bale. Why not? Okay. So the final is DMX with X Gone Give It To You from <laughs> Deadpool <laughs> versus Bellbottom. Uh, what? What the hell was that band called? Jonas Brothers and the Jonas Brothers and the Hanson Explosion. Yeah, um, from Baby Driver. John Spencer. Yep. I'm going with Bill Bottom. Bill. Oh man, it's tough. Bill, it's really not. Just, just. Throw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. Baby Driver. Thinking about All just right. overall scene with with the music. Yeah. So I'm. It doesn't matter, but I'm I'm voting Baby Driver. I think if the DMX, what bothers me about the DMX song is that it doesn't last longer. Uh, it's not yeah. super long. Um, so yeah, and Baby Driver's like a masterpiece for that scene. Yeah, well, we might as well just skip the second round and give it to Baby Driver. <laughs> I don't know. We got 45 years. I mean, if you guys want to watch that in the next couple weeks. God, it feels like 45 years watching that fucking movie. <laughs> ah, I was going to say that joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I mean, I read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, so Nick, I think you should watch 45 years. Oh, That's not I a love fair you, trade. Not that much. <laughs> not that much. Dude, Harden just got hit in the ball so bad. He's like about to cry. Okay, so what? Baby Driver wins the first part of the tournament. And we nice. will be back for part two. Yeah, yeah. Any, fa- with any less, parting, with, parting thoughts? With less hang ups. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, see. I mean, both, overall, both like. Physically I mean, and existentially. Yeah, I mean. For you guys, like what what pulls out? I mean, we kind of like talked about bits and pieces, but what what pulls out like a really good soundtrack to you? You know what I mean? Like what really hits you? Like holy crap, this is an amazing soundtrack. Like overall throughout the movie, or just within a specific part or a specific scene. Are you drawn more towards like the they're using songs from pop culture, which a lot of ours you know, were or more like orchestra. You know what I mean? Like what soundtracks yeah. do you feel like you gravitate towards more like original compositions or they're pulling stuff, you know? So for me, it's, it's songs that were not created for the movie, but it's gotta be one, obviously songs that either I like or will like after I've heard them in this soundtrack, but also when listening to them, just like if if you're just listening to the soundtrack, not watching the movie, it gives you the ability to flash back and remember that scene in the movie and feel that scene all over again. Um, mm-hmm. So so there's that, but ultimately it comes down to the songs for me too, because if it's just a bunch of like, 
I'm going to use this as an, ex- as an example, even though I do enjoy the Bee Gees. But if it's just like Saturday Night Fever, I don't want to listen to just a bunch of Bee Gees songs. You know, if I was going to do that, I would go buy a Bee Gees album. So it's it's got to be it's it's like doing a a, a really good mixtape. That is what a good soundtrack is to me. And we'll get into that word mixtape a little bit more in the next sixteen. Um, but yeah, it's a somebody making a mixtape that has no meaning other than remember this awesome movie. I like it when songs specifically remind me of the movie of the movie and make me revisit scenes in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and that can be because they have this really iconic scene in it, or if it's just something good playing in the background. Um, there's this movie I've only seen it one time. It's called Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Or extraordinary playlist, one of those two. Yeah. And okay, so I kind of actually saw it half accidentally. It was my birthday. I wanted to go catch a movie. It was Steph, my sister, and her husband. And I was going to see some Pixar movie. It was at the cheap theater, and my sister really didn't want to see a cartoon. So that was like the back. All right. So well, that was like the other thing playing around that time. And I liked it. Um, okay, it was kind of cool. But Steph bought me the soundtrack because she thought that the music sounded like stuff I'd really like. And I do really like that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And for a movie I've only seen one time, I can still kind of visualize like little parts in my head from that movie. And it's been like 10 years, I think, since I've seen that movie. Oh, cool. But yeah, yeah. I, I love it when a song uh, is so powerful, has such a powerful visual that you can picture it in your head, which we've talked about with the videos before. Josh, Joe? Joe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think for me, a lot of times it's ones. I, I don't know, like 45 years. I know you guys haven't seen it, but it's like that's a song that they talk about in the movie. And then that comes up later. And then obviously they play it. A lot of times for me, that <clears throat> makes it feel more like authentic than just like, you know, I. I really love Edgar Wright, and I think he's amazing. And obviously, Baby Driver won unanimously. But sometimes I think like it—it it could be a little bit cheap, you know. Not him, but just like mm-hmm. I'm going to play like a fast song. Like this might come up in the um, second uh, tournament if we do another one. But like Sabotage and Star Trek, I love that. But it's also like it's freaking sabotage. Like it's an amazing song, <laughs> and you're driving cars really fast. Like it's not like, you know, rocket it's science. Not, it's not genius or anything. It's it's like low hanging fruit. For right. That one. Exactly. Yeah. Especially but, in that time period, that song would be anciently old. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. but yeah, exactly. So so that's why I like stuff like Forty Five Years, where it, it feels more like this is a song that they listen to you know, in their wedding and like, it's a real song in that world. Sometimes I like that a little bit more. So this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. I'm assuming has anybody seen the outsider, the, the mini series based on Stephen King book? I have no. not. I've read the book though. No, dude, it's, it's really slow, which is not a good selling point, but if you can, if you can get through some of the slower episodes, like it pays off really freaking well, especially yeah. for all of you parents, which I'm not. And the last episode is just phenomenal. 
but they they have like the best example of that ever, Josh, where it's like a song that ties to the actual plot, not just a random song. Um, what song is it? Um, I don't remember. It's some jazz song. I don't remember the name of it. Oh, cool. Just so, go ahead. Well, I was just say for for Nick's question for me, um, I, I'm a big fan of songs that I already know that are used in unexpected ways. So, like DMX or um, the Johnny Cash one, or you know, anything like that. That's basically all I like. Has, has, has anybody seen the, the movie The Dead? The Dead Don't Die. You know, it's funny that you should say that because I just watched it a few days ago um, when we were like putting our list together, and I'm like, it would have been great to suggest this right? one because it could have had Sturgill in it. Yeah, I so was really, I was really <laughs> disappointed in that movie though. Oh, I love it. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. But but in it, there's we were talking about meta like stuff before, like fourth wall Deadpool stuff. But there's a Sturgill song in it, and they talk about like in the movie, they're like, "Oh, this is the theme song to the movie." Like, it's just like a fun zombie movie. So I thought it was funny because yeah, Sturgill is big part of the podcast. Yeah, and I thought of, I thought about recommending that song just for the fact of getting him in there because it's a great song. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I feel like that movie, I don't know, to sideline it, but, like, was kind of, like, a victim of, like, the hype of it, because I was expecting it to be this amazing zombie flick, and it, I don't know, maybe I had set my expectations too high for it. Was it, was it, uh, what we do in the shadows for zombies, Josh? No. No. Oh, I thought it was. It's Jim, it's Jim Charmish makes a zombie movie. So it's, like, only lovers left alive for zombies kind of hard pass so i was assuming <laughs> it was going to be like uh like well not Shaun of the dead but i'm totally blanking what's the zombie land gotcha so I've, and I've not seen it so that's like is that a is it in the same vein or is it no no it's so i don't know if if anybody knows jim jarmusch it's he's he's done like like he actually did ghost dog which is a movie I love that I, I might pick a song from for the second one. Uh, but all of his movies are notoriously slow, which I love. And um, it's like a zombie movie, but it's just not scary at all. It's just kind of like, oh, hey, like zombies are kind of taking over the world. Like just real dull and mundane kind of vibe. And But it's got Bill Murray and Adam Driver. So, yeah, it's great. Hmm. Doll is a good word for that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that, that might have talked. It could, it could, it could have been, and I, and I appreciated like the the meta humor, like when Adam Driver keeps saying like this is going to turn out badly, and then he reveals why he knows it's going to turn out badly. You know, yeah. I don't want to give anything away, but like it's you know that it's part the, was cool. It's the opposite of sabotage in Star Trek. Is what that movie. Is. <laughs> So is, then, it more, is it more like Fido or even... no, it's just, it's this, it was just really boring and they just happened to throw <laughs> zombies into it. Like, huh? Okay. It, I don't know. Like, it was just, I, it, like, it's, my, my, it's, my, oh, sorry, go ahead. What, what he was going for, it was definitely about Trump and like conservatives being, um, uh, like blindly following him and stuff. That's what like the, 
the kind of theme of the movie is, but really? it is all all of those things, slow and dull and amazing. So, the, my so my big thing was the the monologue at the end. You know, where is this like no subtlety at all? Like these uh, these are products of consumerism. Yeah. They're zombies. Get it? Consumerist zombies. <laughs> get it? This is like, yeah. holy shit. Remember yeah. when they hold up a sign that says, do you get it? Yeah, just about like, just mold that monologue so, into a hammer and just keep hitting me in the face with it. Because I don't think I fully what understand junior, what you're driving in. <laughs> what junior high kids uh, poetry book do they rip this movie from? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else see Only Lovers Left Alive? It's his vampire movie. <laughs> No, no. More, more importantly, though, have any of you seen the Stephen King movie Sleepwalkers? Oh yeah. Well, it's on right now, and Stephen King's on screen, so I think we should all be quiet out of respect. (laughs) Respect the dead. (laughs) R.I.P. Oh, so good. The Stephen King's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. Same same Batman Forever time. <laughs> same Batman Forever <laughs> channel. You know, it's interesting, though. I was reading up about that, and apparently Tommy Lee Jones hates Jim Carrey after working with him. Oh, on that yeah. Movie. Oh, that oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I read an article about, like, how he just can't stand him after being around him. Like I, I think he's quoted like saying something like he can't handle that level of buffoonery, like yep. <laughs> which is, and I was just picturing him as his character from No Country for Old Men, and it just made me like it even better. So, <laughs> what in the world? He, like, like I can go ahead. I was just gonna say, did he method act with that movie like he did with Man on the Moon? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I feel like Enigma, Edward, Edward Enigma, is like the closest Jim Carrey character to his real personality, at least at that age, just like a total goofball. And he probably got to like, just let loose. What's weird is Tommy Lee Jones was a like crazy over the top character in that movie. I bet he was just like, and cut. Uh, let's smoke a cigarette and <laughs> Jim Carrey's like whoa 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 what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he was acting where Jim Carrey was just actually just living his life yeah, yeah. he didn't even know it was a movie <laughs> yeah but you all didn't do your sign off oh yeah do, do the sign off should we come, we need to come up with a different one since we got everybody here on the count of three we all say rock the house Oh gosh. <laughs> Let's do it. One, three, two, two, three. Rock, Rock the house. The Rock the house. house. <laughs>